0: Is Stephanie here with my co host Rebecca at What's the Bible Say, where we look at the questions people are asking today through the lens of Scripture? And today's show is for everyone who's ever wondered Does God play? favorites you know maybe God's doing something for somebody else and you wish he was doing that same thing for you like maybe he's given somebody else a career or a a calling or a position or a platform or maybe he's given them a a ministry or a miracle or a husband That that (laughs) you're like well God I see you doing that for them but why aren't you doing that for me so the question of the day is does God play favorite
1: and I, I think that's a very natural question when you look around and say wow, look at everything that person's got. And you kind of feel like you're getting gypped out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, absolutely. So, but let's look and see, well, what does the Bible say about it? Why does it matter what the Bible says? And how are we going to apply that to our lives?
0: Well, first glance at scripture, what I think about is Peter, James, and John. Mm-hmm. Jesus used to call Peter, James, and John to do a lot of things he didn't call the other disciples to That's do. That's right. Like they got to experience things that maybe the other disciples wanted to. They got to experience the glory of Jesus. Jesus. And mm-hmm. in all his glory at the transfiguration, they got to experience Jairus's daughter when she was yeah. healed, when Jesus healed her. He mm-hmm. literally said, Peter, James, and John, you guys come with me. And then also at the Garden of Gethsemane, when right. Jesus was praying, you know, right before his crucifixion, and he called Peter, James, and John away with him mm-hmm. there. And so you see that he's got those three that he calls away, and you can't help but wonder, what about the other guys? I you know?
1: know. I mean, I wonder, did they... They, obviously they had to have noticed it. I wonder if it caused them problems. I mean, we know that they did fight, <laughs> you know, <laughs> James and John wanted to be on the right and left side. and We know they fought about that. Yeah, and, and then the other
0: and the other guys were like, hey, why are you guys, act, you know, asking about that? Yeah. And so we know that they had their own personal struggles, but how do they feel? And we can kind of, you know, surmise what we think the Bible, you know, or the reasons that Jesus would have pulled away the three. I, I know a book by Michael Hyatt. He said that he felt like it was Jesus's leadership development plan, you know, he Mm -hmm. was developing the leaders in the group, and that may be part of the reason. We don't know. Maybe Peter, James, and John were the ones who showed a little more interest in wanting Mm -hmm. to do that. I know when my sons were young, my husband would be like, I'll show them when they show interest, or I won't when they won't. So that might be part of it, or maybe the other disciples were busy or distracted.
1: Yeah, who knows?
0: Jesus could have sent them on a whole other mission that they got to
1: experience. We we don't
0: know, but I think about it like this. I, I feel like Jesus knows everything about us Mm -hmm. so on two sides of the same coin you have Peter, James, and John, maybe they were at a point in their journey with Jesus where Jesus knew they needed something extra. They needed to see a little more. And perhaps the other disciples weren't ready for what they experienced. So, you know, who knows? We don't know. Scripture is really silent as to the why behind the what.
1: Right. So Scripture is silent as to why he chose Peter, James, and John. But we know that the Bible is not silent about whether God plays favorites. So what does the Bible say? about God playing favorites so
0: Romans 2 11 I think is is a really clear passage of scripture about it I, I can't say it any clearer and I'm going to read the amplified version because love the way it states it it says for God shows no partiality no arbitrary favoritism with him one person is not more important than another so you mm-hmm. can't be more clearer than that in scripture
1: <laughs> that's pretty clear So we know that Scripture says that God doesn't play favorites. So why is it that we sometimes feel like Mm. He does? And I think that the only way that we know that God doesn't play favorites is if we start looking around at those around us. If I start looking at you and you over there and this one over here and I start comparing myself then I know I can see that God might look like He's playing favorites. But the Bible is also very clear about that. It says don't do that because it's not wise Mm -hmm. listen to second corinthians 10 12 for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not Wise, Mm -hmm. So that naturally makes me ask the question, why does God tell us not to do that? And I'll tell you, it's because we don't know what God is doing. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And so for us to understand the grand scheme of why he's doing that in his life and her life and my life We can't, we don't know all of that. So we have to trust that God has a plan and He's doing a good job. And not only that, but when we look at someone at maybe this position that we think that we would like to have, or maybe we've been trying to get that position, here's a good thing to remember. I remember reading this somewhere and it really touched me and reminded me first of all, we have no idea what it took that person to get there or how hard they had to work or what it's cost them, what they've had to sacrifice mm-hmm. to be in that position. And I love the quote from Tozer, A.W. Tozer, one of our favorite yes. <laughs> authors. But he says, God never uses anyone greatly until he tests them deeply. Mm. So that is another really good thing. Is that really, you might look around, once you find out how much they really have been through, you might go, oh. That's all right. I'm quite happy in my little corner of the world. Yeah, I'll pass on that calling. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then I think the second thing, too, is that we all have different roles in the body of Christ. And I love this. You know, God is so brilliant. He uses something tangible that we can understand to explain something that may be a little metaphoric. Is that the right word? Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. So in 1 Corinthians 12, this is a wonderful resource that God uses our physical body to explain to us his spiritual body. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm actually starting in verse 12 and on is a really great passage to look in this. But um, I'm just going to read verse 17. It says, if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? And if the whole were a hearing, where are the smelling? No, we don't want to be just one thing, you know?
0: Like an eye, like a Cyclops?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: like the, You know, but there are Cyclops churches where everybody tries oh, to fit yeah. into that same mold, but that's not their mold. That's, you know, God has specific design and purpose <laughs> for each of
1: us. <laughs> I wonder how many places really truly are like Cyclops churches, because yeah. they refuse to lay aside what they want to do and take the role that God has for them.
0: You know, when um, I used to help with women's ministry events at our church, um, one of the things I loved was seeing women thrive in the area of their giftedness.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm not gifted like you're gifted, and you're not gifted like I am. Like, you have the ability to write scripts, do dramas, and plays, (laughs) and you're so creative. And I am so not that, but I appreciate. No, you're just smart. (laughs) No, I'm not. But I appreciate that that because I can't do it, but I can I can see you do it, and like that's so cool, and appreciate it rather than being the cyclops, you know, relationship where I want to do what she's doing. I, you know, that's a very powerful point. It is. So yeah, I'm thinking as we look through scripture, we did look at that one very clear verse, but there's another one, and it was when Peter, he was God was trying to teach him a lesson about that he shows no partiality, and that he didn't want Peter to show partiality. Mm -hmm. And he says in Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 35, then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Mm -hmm. So there we have it again, plain and simple. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. So, so if God shows no partiality, and we talked about this with when we talked about the Martin Luther King and racism mm-hmm. and everything if God shows no partiality we should not show partiality either so if God doesn't play favorites we shouldn't play favorites oh that's really good so that's I, really good. I think that so 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 why does this matter I feel like if God played favorites probably primarily it would go against his word and against his revealed character to us mm-hmm. because he tells us throughout scripture he's our judge he's our the law giver in fact you can look up Isaiah 33 22 it says for the Lord is our judge the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, and he will save us. So if he is the one who makes the law, he's holy, he's perfect, he cannot sin. And he just said very clearly in scripture Mm -hmm. that he shows no partiality if he did, then mm-hmm. it would go against what he said in his word and go against his revealed character. So it means we can trust that he says who yeah. he is and you that's know that he'll really do good. what he says he will do.
1: That's really good. That's, that's I that's love a bit. that point.
0: I would say too, if God played favorites, we'd feel left out.
1: Yes, we would. <laughs> and,
0: you know, I'd be like, but, but he let her and not me. But the Bible says for God so loved the world. He didn't say mm-hmm. so God so loved this group of people and not this group of people. Mm-hmm. And that's huge to me. Yeah. And if he played favorites, for me, it would be easy to want to give up. Oh,
1: absolutely. Like, why try? I, I'm not somebody that would get in there and fight my way. I would just, oh. Well, and oh, it's God.
0: So you would just oh. give up. You know, you can't change.
1: Thank God. you, God, that you don't play favorites. That I, would be terrible. It would
0: be. It would be awful. And I think it would also make us feel like we would never measure up. Because of that, if he did, we'd always struggle with jealousy. We'd always yeah. struggle with insecurities and right. doubts. And so there'd be so much. But but ultimately, I think um, it. It helps us understand that we shouldn't show favorites because God doesn't show favorites. In fact, when we show favorites, James 2.19 says it's sin. Mm. So we need to be careful. We talked about in an earlier episode about imaging God well. And Mm. part of imaging well is not showing favorites to others because it's a sin.
1: Yes. So
0: that's some of the reasons I think it matters. What about you, Rebecca?
1: Well, for me, I think when I understand how much that God loves me and that he's not comparing me to other people, it allows me the freedom to cheer for other people Mm. and to love other people well. I I love the story about Elizabeth and Mary. And if you're not familiar with who Elizabeth was, she was the mother of John the Baptist. And the Bible talks about her, just praises her for her godliness, but she had a huge mark on her, which she could not have any children, which was terrible back Mm. in the day. So, you know, God lets her be the mother of John, but she's very old by the time this happens. And she suffered many, many heartaches along the way. And then along comes her little cousin, Mary, Young, little, naive, not much life experience, Mary, be popping in, and she is going to be the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. But what I love so much is that Elizabeth never one time, there's nowhere in scripture that shows that Elizabeth was ever condescending or jealous of Mary in any way, that the only thing she ever did was cheer her and encourage her. And in Luke 1, it tells the story, but verse 43 and 44, just kind of a few phrases from there, it said, this is Elizabeth talking to Mary, blessed are you among women that the mother of my Lord should come to me. Mm I mean, she is so humble and never compared herself to Mary's situation. And I love this quote about her. It says she was so content and secure in her own calling that she was free to rejoice and encourage Mary in hers. And I want to be like that. I want to be so sure of who God made me to be that I can cheer and rejoice you in what God has called you to do.
0: I think that's such an important point. We, we're we to be each other's biggest cheerleaders, yes. right? We're not in competition with each no, other individually. we're on
1: the <laughs> same team. Yeah, we're on the same team
0: and, and we have the same leader and we, we have the same overall calling to know him and make him known, but he uses us in very individual ways. We're just as individual as our
1: fingerprints are. On the other side of that is that when, when I accept that, then it allows me to embrace the path God has for me. If I'm always looking over there at you then i'm not gonna do what god has for me i i love this story i heard a speaker talking about it her little girl was it was her very first swim meet and the mother was so nervous for this little girl to To be in the swim meet. And so the race started. And of course, the little girl started off kind of behind. And then the next thing you know, she started catching up. And then the, the whole family started cheering more and more. The little girl pulled ahead and then way ahead. She slaps the end and they're all shouting, you won, you won. And the little girls, she didn't even know she won and the coach later explained that the reason the girl did so well is because she never one time looked to see where anyone else was in the race she just looked ahead at where she was supposed to go and the other little girls hadn't learned to do that yet and so she because she kept her eye on where she was going and embraced her path that she ended up being successful and and i i I want to focus on what God has for me so that I don't miss it.
0: And if we're comparing ourselves among ourselves, we're focused on everybody else except that's what right. God's called us to. It reminds me of in a race, you know, how they put the blinders on the horses oh, so yeah. that they just focus in on right. their own lane, their own race. And that reminds me of what Paul said. He had his race to run. He finished mm. his course. Not not somebody else's course, not Peter's course. No, not yeah. John Mark's course. He finished his course well. And that's so good. for me, that's, I'm like you, I I want to finish my race well yeah um, I, I'm not gifted to do your race and,
1: and I'm not gifted to do yours and for but sure. that's
0: good what you said it gives you that peace to know it's okay yeah Right. I don't know that's, that's good stuff <laughs> so I let's talk it. about how it applies to our lives for a minute I think for me it's just really puts you at rest with the fact mm-hmm. that that God loves us because we were each created by him and for him he just loves us for us it's, it's not like you're going to earn his love. We don't have to compete to be his favorite. We don't have to feel less than somebody else. I don't have to feel less than you because I'm not as gifted <laughs> as you are. Um, but I can rest in that God created me to be like I am because he wants me to reach people that you can't reach That's and vice right. versa. That's right. I remember when um, the Lord first led me to teach women. And it was, mm-hmm. if you knew me, you would know that this is a big deal that I get up and speak in front of people because I could not give an oral report in school. Wow. It, it was just wow. debilitating to me. I and can't believe that. It's Stephanie. Jesus. I'm telling you, it's Jesus. And but here's the thing that's really cool is is I remember feeling so insignificant and like I mm-hmm. I didn't measure up to the girl that was teaching with me because she was just like back then it was K. Arthur, you know, was, she was the yeah. K. Arthur of teachers and she had that mm-hmm. finesse about her and, and I'm kind of more like Jed Clampett, you know, you get what you <laughs> get, <laughs> no, you know, not. just I just say what I say. <laughs> and so I do remember though, um, one day I was wrestling with that because there was an event. Where I was invited to be the speaker. Mm -hmm. And she said, You were invited? I wonder why they didn't call me. And I'll never forget that because rather than being like angry at her for that, I'm like, She's right. Why didn't they call her instead of me? Because Mm -hmm. she's so much better than I am. And that weekend, I got to teach um, in the ladies' class. It was my turn to teach. And of course, I'm feeling completely inadequate. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget it afterwards, I just kind of put my head up against the wall as the ladies left, and I didn't even want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to be like <laughs> alone in my misery, <laughs> in my in my insecurities, right? And a girl came up to me and said, I just want you to know, I am so glad you taught that. She goes, I love when such and such teaches, but what you said today, it just revolutionized, you know, wow. my circumstance that wow. I'm going through. And it was because I spoke to her about something that the other teacher would not That's have to be right. familiar
1: with. That's right. That's right.
0: I forget that. That's when God solidified his calling mm. on my life to teach. Mm. He said Stephanie and, you know, it was audible, but it was definitely right. real. Right. He said, Stephanie, I didn't call you to teach, like, such and mm. such, I called you to teach like you because I want you to reach people you can reach, and her to reach people she can reach. Wow! So get busy serving Jesus. See, yeah, that
1: is so so good. Yeah, I would. I'm glad to know that story. I didn't know that. I I would never in a million years dream that about Stephanie. She's a wonderful teacher mm. and a wonderful Bible right. teacher. So
0: it's, you know it's Jesus too. <laughs> that does help me know. It's, that's the other part. Yeah, you know I know that when I'm sharing and I'm in my happy place. That's my happy place. Mm. When I'm teaching the word. I am so happy. But it's not because it's me, it's Jesus
1: in me. Mm. But I don't, that's, that's beautiful. Bad. Well, would you like to know what my big takeaway is from it? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely, Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Here's my big takeaway. Decide not to do it. It's that simple, oh, wow. really. Just decide, I'm not going to fall into that trap. And you know, it really can be a decision. And here's why. Because when Jesus Christ died on the cross, He gave us the authority over sin. And comparing yourself with other people and being jealous and wanting what somebody else have, covetousness, that's a sin. Mm -hmm. And God said that we, we, I'm going to read to you Romans 6, 14. It says, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. When you've accepted Jesus Christ, you can say no to sin mm-hmm. through the power of Jesus Christ. And I know there have been times when I've been in ministry with someone and I can start to feel this tension and I don't like it. And I've remembered just saying, no, I'm not going to allow that. I'm not going to fall into that trap. And I haven't always done that and I wish I could say I did. But I've learned that when I start feeling that way, that I I can say, no, I'm not going to do that. Because when you do fall into that trap, you miss the plan that God had for you. This is a silly little story, but I think about it all the time, and it really helps me. So I happened to be watching these two children who were getting their snack from their mom, And she gave them the exact same yogurt. The only difference was the boy got the blue one and the little girl got the pink one. Well, the little boy, he got his yogurt and he's eating it and humming away just in his little imaginary world. And the sister, she kind of looks over and and looks at her yogurt and looks at how much fun he's having with his yogurt and her face starts getting pouty and pretty soon, Mom, how come I didn't get the blue yogurt? And the mom's like, well, honey, pink is your favorite color, so. I thought you'd want the pink one. She said, "I want a blue yogurt." They were the same yogurt, except the one she had happened to be her very favorite, and that is such a story to me, such a lesson to stop looking around at what is around me and be appreciative of what God's given me because more it, it's going it's the very best for me. Mm. So let's not worry what color yogurt we have mm-hmm. and just accept the yogurt that God given for you and me because we know that he has our best in mind thank you so much for watching today if this episode was an encouragement to you then by all means please share it or like it Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel our Apple podcast or Spotify you can find us on whatsthebiblesay.org and on there we have some easy links to our Facebook and YouTube channels as well as some free resources for you and we just seek to be a blessing to you and in whatever way that we can but before we go let me just share this last thought stay focused on God's plan for you listen to these words from Isaiah 50 verse 7 these are about the Messiah himself And may we follow his lead. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know I will not be ashamed. Have a great day, everybody.